And welcome to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host today. As we have an exciting show today, is basically we're just talking about the NFL free agency here and all the latest signings and kind of the stories that have gone along with that. I want to first and foremost thank our platform, Anchor, for allowing us to have a platform here for our show. I want to thank all our sponsors out there for helping us pay the bills on this thing. And also, too, just want to thank our fans here who have actually weighed in from week to week and show to show to basically help drive the show. So, um, let's just go ahead and hop right in there. So the first thing that I wanted to talk about um, was the uh, Hopkins trade. Um, you know, the 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 biggest one of the biggest trades I think in free agency here was DeAndre Hopkins going over to the Cardinals, and just finding out about that trade <clears throat> and the whole thing with Bill O'Brien and, uh, and how it kind of fell through, and just thinking about it in the sense of how the dollars to dollars kind of lined up and everything like that. I thought it was pretty interesting, man, because I look at it and I say to myself, like, yes, I understand Hopkins wanted to ask for a little bit more money. But when you think about it, I mean, he still was asking for, you know, the right amount of money uh, based off his market value. And I think that it's just unfair that if these comments were true with what came out of this thing with what, you know, Bill O'Brien had said and, you know, saying that he had a problem with him having family and certain things like that around the team and all kinds of stuff like that. I find that pretty interesting, you know, and I think that's a situation where, you know, if, if the comments where Michael Irvin is saying that these things happen, man, I think that it's unfortunate, you know, especially for everything that DeAndre Hopkins was able to really do, you know, for this organization and for, for, for Bill O'Brien, basically what it shows me is just, it shows that coach O'Brien has so much control um, over the organization, you know, not only from a coaching standpoint, but from a general manager standpoint to just ship, you know, DeAndre out like that is very, very interesting. And to me, I think in the long term, I think that this is a win for the Cardinals. Um, I think that this is definitely going to help out, um, you know, Kyler Murray and that offense. I think he's going to pair very well here um, with, with uh, Larry Fitzgerald and everything like that. So, you know, I just think this is a situation where at the end of the day, you know, I just feel like the Texans kind of really, really lost out on this situation. Um, and I think that this to me was kind of it, it was the most bizarre trade I think I've ever seen in the NFL history, you know, with the kind of the way that this thing kind of went down and just, you know, kind of the ramifications and stuff like that on both clubs. I mean, because it was really, to be honest with you, I think that the Cardinals, man, kind of got away with highway robbery, man, pretty much because they really didn't give up too much to get an elite wide receiver that's going to help them out, you know, for, I think, years to come. So um, that's kind of my thoughts on that one. And then the biggest news came in last night with Todd Gurley here um, being cut by the Rams. And so for me, I – you know what? It's a shocker in the sense because the Rams had paid so much money for Todd Gurley. And I think he's owed the $34 million or maybe more. Um, you know, but what's interesting about it is when they went to the Super Bowl that year and Todd Gurley clearly wasn't the same player going into that season or not the end of the season, going into the end of the season, excuse me, not the season because the season was already planned, but going into the end of the year. I don't know why the Rams went ahead and they they decided to pay him the money then, right then and there, especially enough against Todd Gurley, but especially when he when he when it was revealed that he had the arthritis in the knee. I mean, when you think about an arthritic situation there, that's something that 
it can be here today and gone tomorrow. It's something where your knee literally or whatever part of the body it is can flare up one day and the next day it can be perfectly fine. So it's one of the most unpredictable things that that you can think of. And then the fact that he's a running back too, that made it even more worse because when you look at running backs, they probably take a lot of hits as well. I mean, they get hit just about every play, just like the trenches, the people on the line and stuff like that. So, you know, for me, I think that this is a tough situation for the Rams because, you know, the Rams are going to pay this guy a lot of money. And I think, you know, with Sean McVay, I think his system, I I mean, it is obviously very scheme based. And with his system, he's still able to go down the field and stuff like that. But the thing is, you know, they they're predicated off a lot of play action stuff. And the reason that they went to the Super Bowl that year in 2017, uh, when he was the offensive, I think, MVP or rookie of the year, whatever, um, not rookie of the year, but offensive MVP of the year they were running a lot of stuff through Todd Gurley. So I don't know now what happens with Jared Goff and his development. You know, I think that this is going to be an interesting year for the Rams to say the least uh, without Todd Gurley, you know, because I'm not sure what they have, you know, from a running back standpoint, I don't know if we're going to find out how, how big of a, we're going to find out how big Todd Gurley was. And we're also going to find out, how good Jared Goff is because Jared Goff is going to have to, I think, take on a bit more responsibility with the offense now. And for me, he still hasn't been a guy where I think I can place the ball in his hand and he can lead me. You know, I think he's, he's very, he's very, he's very much of a quarterback that actually he he needs to have other supporting casts. When I say that, I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Drew Brees or, you know, you look at a guy like Tom Brady, right? These are guys that you could probably give the ball to, let them toss it down the field 45 times, not have a whole bunch going on in the running game, and you still have a chance to win. I'm not sure if you still have that situation with Jared Goff. Um, But the good thing here for Todd Gurley is that he did get picked up here, it looks like, um, by the Atlanta Falcons so that that's going to be an interesting pickup um you know for me because you know he's working with Matt Ryan who obviously is a terrific quarterback and he's very smart can get it done as far as reading and stuff like that and I love you know what uh what the Falcons have defensively here if they can just patch some holes there I think they would have been a little bit better of a club last year but it it's still it's it's interesting it's interesting because they do have Devontae Freeman here Um, and you know, it's kind of, you wonder now with this move, how much does Todd Gurley have left in the tank, man? Because, you know, for them to just kind of cut a guy like that and then they cut Clay Matthews too, as well. Um, it's going to be really interesting, really interesting to see how this works out with the Atlanta Falcons. And so, I mean, it has the potential to make their offense really, really explosive, um, you know, especially if they're able to kind of dominate the run game and let Matt Ryan kind of do his thing because you have one of the best wide receivers in the game with Julio Jones. So I, I can see where, you know, definitely it looks like something that could be really, really special, um, but then it could be really, really bad. So I don't know. We'll see if it is a, a smart landing spot here, um, you know, and if Gurley can kind of, so to speak, rebuild the value, so to speak, because that's, that's essentially what he's looking to do. Um, so then the next thing too, that kind of jumped out to me and free agency here was, uh, 
you know, the Calais Campbell trade. You know, I think when you look at that and you look at what the Ravens are able to establish here, um, to me, I, I think that that's a terrific deal. Um, I look at their front line and I look at how well the Baltimore Ravens played last year. And I think that this is only going to help their calls to me, um, you know, especially with how explosive their offense was, you know, defensively, I can only expect for this to help them more because I feel like, you know, if Calais Campbell is able to go out there, you know, he's able to essentially generate a pass rush, uh, you know, basically force some teams into some long third downs and stuff like that. It could be getting back into more of what Baltimore likes to do traditionally when they were winning Super Bowls and contesting. Um, and that's playing with short fields. And not only playing with short fields, they have one of the most explosive quarterbacks in the league right now with Lamar Jackson. And, you know, if Patrick Mahomes, you know, is is an indication of kind of where where Lamar Jackson is kind of going. I, I mean, because I see them identically the same with the way that they kind of throw the football. The one thing about Lamar Jackson is he's a bit more dynamic, um, a la kind of like a Michael Vick. And so he just he makes it that much more tougher. So, you know, you can only imagine that defensively, if they're playing well defensively and they're forcing you into short short fields and they're able to just crank it and keep it going like they've been doing or were doing here throughout last year, they're they're definitely going to be in the favorites here. They're certainly going to be in the favorites to again win a championship and possibly make it out of the AFC. Um, I know that they're going to have to eventually go through. Um, obviously Kansas City, but, you know, I, I like their chances. And so to me, I think that that was a terrific deal. Um, like I said, I like their defense. I like that their I think their defensive efficiency and everything is probably going to go up with Calais Campbell there. Um, I, I think he still has a lot in the tank. And, you know, obviously, you know, it's just pretty much a fire sale with the Jaguars anyway. Um, and so then moving forward, you know, another free agent pickup that I kind of liked was uh, the Darius Slay deal to the Eagles um, kind of forced his way out of Detroit and into the Eagles um, starting secondary. And so, you know, anybody who watched the Eagles last year, you know, saw that the Eagles basically, they struggled in the secondary. They really struggled in the secondary. Um, they don't really have, they don't have, they didn't have too much in the secondary, like consistency wise. I mean, I think it was more like a secondary that was kind of, it was by committee, you know, for the most part. And so when I look at that, I say, well, you have an, a veteran corner coming over. Um, and I think this is, this is, I want to say it, it, it helps the Eagles, but then again, I, I don't know because, you know, the question for me with the Eagles too, is that what is going to happen with Carson Wentz? You know, what's, what, what happened to the Doug Peterson fast break offense that they had that got them to the Super Bowl, the one where Nick Foles was able to win that's really the key question now. You know, I think defensively this helps them out. Yes, it does. But then this also hurts them too, in the sense, because, you know, they had some of the departures too on the offensive end that I don't know, you know, that this is a question, but, you know, I do like the start here. I like the fact that they are able to go after um, a, a corner, which they so badly needed, you know, to kind of help them out in the NFC East. And I mean, I think the NFC East is, is pretty much wide open still, you know, when I look at it on paper, um, you know, to be honest with you, besides Dallas, you know, it probably would be 
the Eagles, I think, next up in the division because I don't think the Redskins are going to do anything this upcoming year. It pains me to say that. Um, and I don't see the Giants for a long time doing anything. I mean, they're still in a major, major rebuilding stage. So curious to see what that one, man. I, I, I mean, I like – I like the idea, you know, to go defense first, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be very interesting for me because even if they've addressed the defensive end, and I mean, we still have the NFL draft and stuff like that. I just don't like the Eagles offensively right now. So, you know, I think that that's, that's, that's pretty interesting, pretty interesting. And so, uh, you know, kind of moving forward, man, just kind of looking through some of the other free agency here. Um, I know we talked a little bit about uh, Tom Brady going over to the Patriots and how, you know, again, I, I'm still unsure about that one. Um, you know, I think we're going to find out. Obviously, I think that Tom Brady is, is clearly one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Um, you know, for me, I just wonder, like, does this make the Bucks like an instant contender? Like, you know, because the, the whole thing was, all right, a lot of the times the 7-9 Buccaneers club, they were facing a lot of um, – they were having to defend a lot of short fields, um, obviously because of the interceptions from Jameis Winston's and stuff like that. So, you know, and I just kind of mentioned earlier that Tom Brady doesn't really need to have too much of a running game. Um, I kind of like his I like his weapons on the outside. I mean, but it kind of resembles a little bit of kind of what the Patriots had last year. Um, I still think that they need some pieces to go around them. I still think that it's kind of a little bit of a, an anemic offense to say that the least and you know they're still in a tough division man you know I mean they're going to have to face the Saints and obviously we know when the Saints are right when they have Drew Brees at a high level you know throwing over to Michael Thompson it's a tough club to beat and so you know that division I think certainly is getting a, it's got a little bit more competitive I definitely think it's going to be a little bit more competitive so you know hey the Bucks were having a question mark at quarterback, and they went ahead and addressed it. So I do like that. Uh, so I will give them. I'll give Bruce Aarons and the Buccaneers organization that I do like it um, in that sense. And so moving forward, another interesting kind of trade slash free agency, whatever you want to call it, um, was the Jaguars traded Nick Foles to the Chicago Bears. Um, and so with this, this this kind of makes me wonder. Okay. Are they really – this is kind of maybe – is this a make-it-or-break-it season um, for for their starting quarterback already? You know, it's kind of like you – you he was a high draft pick, you know, coming out of Duke or whatever the case may be, and now you bring over Nick Foles, who we know Nick Foles can get it done, you know. And I just think if you're the Bears, I don't know if you make a trade like this and you're not telling Mitchell – you know, Tabisky that this is it for him. Cause I, I just think that, you know, they had that one great year under Matt Nagy. And I think a lot of people were wanting the bears to play exceptionally well last year, but it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I think this is probably, I mean, this is probably the second year for, for Mitchell to not play this well. I mean, barring his rookie season, it was kind of like, all right, he was a rookie, but still, you know, it's, it's 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 a what have you done for me now kind of league. And so that's the thing. Like if this league is is if there if it's a league where basically it's a what have you done now for me league. Yeah, it makes it tough. 
it really does make it tough. And here's my thing with the Bears. I mean, they are obviously in a tough division in the sense that, um, you know, you have you have Minnesota, um, you have the Packers, and obviously it's them. And so those three teams are going to certainly battle it out. Um, now, I will say this. You put Nick Foles with the defense that the Bears have, and this I like because Nick Foles has shown that if you want him to be a game manager, he can absolutely be a game manager. That's exactly what he was with the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is why I like this fit a lot better than where he was with Jacksonville. Um, you know, I get it. When he did initially go over to the Jaguars, they were playing some good defense. They had Jalen Ramsey over there, you know, Calais Campbell and all that stuff like that. But that defense took a serious decline. Um, the Bears defense, I think, they're kind of in their prime. And I think this move is more saying that they want to take advantage of that prime. I think that they're saying that, hey, they are wanting to go ahead and, you know, push the envelope here. Matt Nagy feels like, you know, perhaps they compete for this. And I think Nick Foles can win this job. And I think this is a situation where Nick Foles would definitely flourish in a Matt Nagy system, especially because I think Matt Nagy's coming over from Kansas City. So, Here's a guy that's going to open up the playbook for Nick Foles, and you can trust that Nick Foles is going to go down the field. Now, he maybe doesn't have the legs that Mitchell Trubisky has, but he definitely has the down-the-field paralysis, and I love that about Nick Foles. And he's he's definitely one of the guys that will stand in the pocket, and he's accustomed to, again, like I said, being a complimentary player to a good defense. So I like it, um, you know, and I just think that if you're a Bears fan, this is probably – I think this is it for Mitchell Tabisky there in Chicago. I just don't see him. I don't see him, you know, with this deal being made, I don't see him, you know, being the starter that long. Um, so moving on, you know, I think another interesting pickup here is a uh, longtime Eagle, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, coming over there to the, the New Orleans Saints. Um you know, yeah, I, I know he's a little bit older. You know, he's on the, the wrong side of 30 in the NFL, you know, 32. Um, three Pro Bowls during his six years with the Eagles, man. And the bottom line is, you know, he can still play. He can still play. Um, you know, I think that this is going to help the Saints. Um, I've always said that if the Saints can – if they can just stop some people more than they score, I think that they are always in a good good situation. You know, that's always to me. I think been the the major issue for um, for the Saints. You know, they 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 put up a lot of points on the offensive end, and they're not really they don't really play lockdown defense. And I guess you know when you look at just um, Sean Payton and you look at you know how the football team is basically put together it's always been a point driven football team you know they they haven't really ever really spent a whole bunch of money on um defensive specialists and so I, that's why i think that this is interesting because you get a guy like malcolm jenkins who is extremely good at playing in the box you know he's almost like it's almost like having another linebacker come up to to deliver some hits and you know, it's 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 it it definitely is going to help them as far as stopping the run game. Um, now, in the past game, perhaps you want him to be a little bit more of a ball shark back there. 
You know, I think that that's what they're going to need, especially if the Saints are into a lot of shootouts. Um, you know, I think that this is something that they're 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 undoubtedly going to need. So that in itself is interesting. Um, you know, and I know you know they they went ahead and they pick up um, was it Kiko Alonson Alonso or yeah I think that's what it is yeah so coming off a, a tough ACL too as well um, you know so again I, I like that pickup again you know I think it's another linebacker he's pretty tough as well I like the fact that you know defensively the Saints are saying that they want to go ahead and plug up some holes I think that. Again, if they're able to force some shorter fields, if they're able to create some pressures, if they're able to get their their offense to football more, you know, I think that that's going to lead to some success. And especially in the playoff series when they need to, to certainly get stops. That's the one thing the Saints were unable to do um, last year at the critical moments is get stops. So I think that this these two signings will definitely, you know, help them out a bunch. Um you know, kind of moving forward, just looking through this thing, um, you know, some interesting signings here. You know, I know my Redskins picked up Thomas Davis, uh, reunites with Ron Rivera here. So I, I'm not really too sold on that. Um, I know he did have some excellent seasons with the Carolina Panthers there, and he also was on that team that went to the Super Bowl. But, you know, the Redskins, I don't. maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's a good thing that the Redskins haven't gone out and they haven't actually went out and they haven't bought anybody like they haven't bought a marquee high um, free agent. You know, I feel like because of that, um, you know, maybe they're in a, a good situation for the season. As crazy as that seems, I don't know. You know, we'll see about that one. Very interesting. I don't know. Um, if we didn't talk about it, Teddy Bridgewater. Panthers you know what Teddy Bridgewater played excellent in his five starts for the the Saints last year um you know I think Teddy Bridgewater was on the way to be a star in Minnesota before he had that drastic knee injury um and so I I'm 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 glad that he's going to get a shot I just don't know how good the pieces are around him you know, because they're talking about trading McCaffrey. Um, and then when I look at the receiving core that they currently have, it is a speedy receiving core, you know, and it's kind of predicated on once you kind of get the ball in their hands there. But there's a lot of stuff that Teddy Bridgewater doesn't have around him. Like he's not going to have old reliable Greg Olson. Um, you know, I think they just traded also to the only active tight end on the roster as well. And so keep in mind that, you know, it, the offense is certainly going to change a lot, you know, especially if you're getting rid of Cam Newton, because Cam Newton basically was the quarterback slash running back, you know, power back, whatever you wanted to call him. And so, you know, they ran a lot of, 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 of stuff where it was a lot of draws, a lot of, a lot of uh, screen passes over to McCaffrey and things like that. You know, it was a lot more of a short passing game. And to me, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater has been able to be a short passer somewhat. Um, I think of his days when he played in Minnesota, he played with Adrian Peterson. So he was able to essentially play off of Adrian Peterson. But this is going to be a little bit more of a unique situation. 
he's not necessarily throwing to a Michael Thompson on the outside or some of the, you know, some of the, the more dynamic routes that he would be throwing when he was with the Saints. So I don't know. You know, it's going to be a situation where I have to see what the Panthers are going to put around Teddy to make him successful. I mean, take make no mistake about it. Teddy can get it done, but I think that there's just more pieces that need to be around Teddy to for this to actually be a successful sign. Um, you know, because I get it with Cam Newton. I get it. And, you know, I, I know it was just a matter of time. I mean, yes, the guy is falling apart. I mean, if you look at it, from a situation where you see them break the huddle. Every time he broke the huddle, it looks like he's laboring just to get off his knee to get up to snap the football. So, I mean, it was just inevitable that, yes, you were going to have to move on from Cam Newton at some point. I just don't know if you wanted to move away from him like this. So, uh, curious to see what happens. Um, you know, I, I I don't know about that one. I'm really, really – there's a question mark for me on that. Um you know, and really, I mean, those are the kind of the the biggest things that I think have kind of kind of caught my eye. I know we talked a little bit about Cam Newton, um, and nobody's actually talking about where Cam Newton will actually go, um, and that's that's kind of interesting too, man. Because I don't know if Cam still has. I think he still has some football left in him. Um, I want to say he does after the two shoulder surgeries. I think is that's what it is. The two so- shoulder surgeries and been in a car accident and stuff like that before I just know Cam has taken a lot of punishment over the years man so I don't know what what would be the best fit for Cam Newton very interesting man like I I don't know where Cam would would necessarily fit in I do not and so with that being said I mean that's kind of today's show um you know we're just talking about some of the free agencies and some of the the key signing series that's kind of been the real live action here that we've seen in sports here is it's kind of come to a standstill. Um, our next show here, we'll probably highlight on some more free agency news that is coming through on the uh, NFL front. And then also too, you know, we'll try to basically put together a show maybe around some of the greatest games ever played or something like that. But we definitely want to continue to keep hitting you with that content. So I just want to go ahead and thank Anchor, our platform, um, for allowing us to put a show up. I want to go ahead and thank um, our fans out there that do listen to us and actually helped uh, you know, drive the show with the comments and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, just thank the sponsors here for helping us pay bills on this thing. So uh, without further ado, I'm Rico. This is Real Talk Sports, and uh, we'll be back.